Amen. Well, welcome everybody to church. My name is Joe. I'm the lead pastor here at Mosaic. And especially if this is your first time with us, we are so glad that you're in the house today. Can we just give all our first-time guests a round of applause? We thank you so much for coming today. If it's your first time with us, um, man, it would honor me so much if you could fill out this Connect card. And at the end of service, you can either drop it in the bucket on the way out or there's an info center in the lobby, and we've got a free gift for you. We'd love to get in your hand, but just want to say thanks for coming so much. Um, man, we, I've got some other announcements at the end of service, and we got a lot going here at Mosaic, uh, but just wanted to say thanks for coming today. I'm so excited to continue the series, Chasing, Chasing Purpose, Chasing Purpose, and today we're going to look at chasing the character of God, and I'm so excited, but one more thing, I'm full, I'm, I'm full of stuff today. I don't know what I'm full of, but I'm full of a lot of uh, hot air, all kinds of stuff. But hey, here we go. Uh, we are ending the, our life group semester. And so I just want to give a special thanks to our life group leaders. If you led a life group this semester and you happen to be in the house today, could you stand? And let's just give them a huge round of applause. Thank you, guys. we got some over here, some over there, some back there. Our... Uh, our sound guy led a, led a life group, Matt. He's also one of our elders. We're so thankful for you guys. And if you were a part of a group, I know that you had a great time. If you weren't a part of a group this time around, uh, just give you a heads up, coming in June, we'll start another semester and there'll be more opportunities to get uh, connected in relationships. But man, life group leaders, uh, whether you're here or whether you're online today, thank you so much for pastoring people and being there for people this semester. We appreciate you so, so much. But today, what does it look like to chase God's character, right? What does it look like to chase character? Let's define character really quick this morning. The character of a person consists of all the qualities they have that make them distinct from other people. And so you, th you think about God in all of his goodness and all of his majesty. And obviously, when you look at God, you're like, well, there's a lot that makes him different than everybody else, right? But when the chasm is so great between how good God is and how amazing he is and how he's omniscient and omnipotent, which means he's, he knows everything and he's all-powerful and he's omnipresent, which means he's everywhere all at the same time, right? When there's such a big chasm between who he is and who we are, how do we chase his character? Now, I remember when I was a kid uh, looking up to certain people, right? I had Michael Jordan on the wall in my room. Uh, I had other sports guys. My favorite baseball player growing up was Ozzie Smith, and that's because I'm a Cardinals fan. And so you can throw stuff at me later, but uh, I, I loved the Cardinals, and I loved going to games with my parents. And Ozzie would run out on the field and do a, a, a backflip uh, as he ran out to shortstop at the beginning of the game. And as a kid, I was just like, this dude can do backflips. He's amazing right? And so as a kid, a backflip was worthy of wanting to be like somebody, right? There was even a song back in the day about Michael Jordan, you know, I want to be like Mike, right? These days, it's a lot of times kids are arguing about whether they're going to be LeBron or Curry. Um, Stephon Curry, I, I used to coach my son's teams and man, they'd be playing and everybody's talking about LeBron and Curry, People these days become famous just because they have enough followers on Instagram or TikTok. Um, you will never find me on TikTok. So don't, don't get on service and look up Pastor Joe on TikTok because I won't be there, 
right? I don't have the skills and the moves. And um, sometimes I'm watching kids these days and they're doing all these hand movements. And I ask my kids, like, what are they doing? Like, what is, what's going on with this kid? And they're like, oh, dad, it's just TikTok. And um, all of you uh, people my age that are like completely in the dark about what I'm talking about right now, I am too. I have no idea. But people just follow other people for all kinds of crazy reasons. Usually it has to do with looks or talent or power or prestige. But what I want to encourage you with today is that you are more than that. You're more than what you do, right? The sum total of who you are is more than just how you look. It's more than what you own. It's more than your reputation. It's more than how people see you. Your character can aspire to that of your creator. Which, man, if you just pause and think about that for a moment, that's a big goal to shoot for, right? You're more than what you do. You're not just what you can do. When it's all stripped away, you're going to be just you, who God created you to be. Listen, before there was anything, like way, way, way back before the creation, God just was, right? He always had been. He always will be. He's the alpha, he's the omega, he has no beginning, he has no end, he just was. And so what God did as the creator, and then later the savior, and all these amazing things that God did was not proved by him doing it, because he just was, right? You think about that, man, it just messes with your mind after you think about that for a while. God just was, and before he did all the cool stuff, spoke and light became light, spoke, and the heavens appeared. He was already all that and a bag of pork rinds. You know what I mean? He just was. But you and I, especially because we've fallen, because we've all sinned and fallen short of God's glory, we need a growth track for our character. If we don't have a way to grow, a way to follow after God's character and become more like him, then our talent, what we can do and what we have and and all these things that make people great in the world will eventually outpace our character and our life will crumble. Have you ever seen that happen to somebody? They had it all, but their life fell apart. It's because their talent outpaced their character. I love this definition of character. Character is the ability to meet the demands of reality. And that's a good one for us. Character is the ability to meet the demands of reality. How deep is your character? What happens in your life when the storms come, when things happen, when life unexpectedly shows up and you don't know what to do? You know, as I've been thinking through this series and we're talking about chasing purpose, I think chasing is a really good word for character because on our own, our character will never be enough, right? And there's parts of God's character that we'll never achieve. We'll never be all powerful everywhere at the same time, all those kind of things. But wherever you are in your journey, you've got room to grow. And the growth track for your character is God's character. My character forever needs to become more like his, more of him, less of me. John the Baptist said it like this in John 30, 30. He said, he must become greater and greater and I must become less and less. That's a good motto verse when it comes to chasing God's character. More of you and less of me. 
But when we put feet to this in our life, when the rubber hits the road, we've got to be really intentional about where and how and when his character is lifting ours. Where, how, and when we're becoming more like Jesus. And so that's what we're going to do today. We're going to look at a few areas of life and a few areas of God and the attributes of him and what he's like, his character, and what it looks like to chase those things. And I I believe what better way to do this, to explain this, than through a prayer in Scripture. And people have said that this is the second most impactful prayer in all of the Bible, second only to the Lord's Prayer, right? And I really believe that this prayer that we're going to walk through today in Ephesians chapter 3 is is a good model of chasing the character of God. And so let's jump right in today. But before we get into the nuts and bolts, the posture is so incredibly important. And like I said, man, we're, we're becoming like him. He's not becoming like us. And so it's this posture of saying, you're God, I'm not, and I want to be like you, Jesus. And so in Ephesians 3, 14 through 21 is the prayer. Let's start off in verse 14 today. And this is Paul speaking, just a little note, he's speaking from prison, he's writing this from prison, so he's in really bad circumstances where, you know, what's deep inside of him is being revealed, his character. And what does he say? Verse 14, when I think of all this, I fall to my knees and I pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. When I think of all this, what is all this that he's referring to, right? He had, he had said before this that he was so excited about the gospel going out through all the world. He was so humbled that God was using him, a person that had so many faults to share the gospel. He was so blown away by the cross and the resurrection, the gospel of Christ. And remember, he's in prison. And so he's in prison He's reminiscing about, what Christ, reminiscing about what Christ has done. He's seeing the gospel go out into the Ephesian church and, and, and all these other churches. Remember, he's going from place to place to place and he's planting churches and he's seeing people get saved and given their hearts to Christ and their lives being transformed. He's seeing people come to life in Christ all over the place. He's blown away. And so here he sits and he's praying this prayer. When I think of all this, Lord, all that you've done for me, how you've been so faithful. Man, do you ever just get overcome with thankfulness to a really good God who's been so faithful to you? I know I do. Sometimes I'm just like broken with the faithfulness of God. Like, God, how in the world could you be so good to somebody like me? And so this is the attitude and the posture that that Paul is coming to Christ with in this prayer. And so he says, when I think of all this, I fall to my knees. This is this act of desperation, this act of dependence that he's saying, God, I don't want to be like me. I'm bowing before a holy God and you're my aspiration. You're my ambition. You're my everything. So you get the picture? He's falling to his knees. He's praying to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. He's right off the bat, he's telling God how good he is and how powerful he is, right? Remember, how do you chase God's character? More of him, less of you. So the first thing that we see in this prayer, number one, is that God is powerful. 
And that's a simple statement. You're like, God's powerful. Well, yeah, I know God's powerful. He created everything. No, but no, but God is powerful. And he's not just powerful in the creation and in the universe and somewhere far off. Paul brings this home and God is powerful in your life. Man, ask yourself a question. When, when is the last time God's power really showed up in your life? In verse 16, Paul says, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he'll empower you with inner strength through his spirit. He'll empower you with inner strength through his spirit. And so chasing God's character when it comes to the fact that God is powerful means that I want his power to be evident in my life. Now, a lot of times we want his power to be evident in our circumstances, in, our, in the outward things, God, I want you to show up in my finances. God, I want you to show up in my work life. God, I want you to fix my boss. Anybody ever prayed that prayer? How about, let's get a little closer to home. God, I want you to fix my spouse. You ever pray that prayer? Let's be honest today. You don't have to raise your hand, especially if your spouse is sitting next to you. God, I want you to fix that jerk at work. I want you to fix this and that. A lot of times we want God's power to work externally. But Paul Paul prays something incredibly powerful here. He says, man, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he's going to empower you with inner strength through his spirit. You see, my lack of power is a chance for his abundance to reign in my heart. For him to show up in my heart. Remember, where's Paul writing this from? From prison. His strength was Paul's strength. And because Paul knew this, he was able to pray this over the Ephesians and say, hey, man, when you really tap into God's power, you're not just gonna want him to show up in your circumstances, you're gonna want him to show up on the inside and give you power to endure any circumstance. Paul understood that his strength could be my strength, that when I'm weak, he's strong. And so here's the question, am I applying the power afforded to me through the resurrection, we just celebrated Easter, am I applying that kind of power to my life? Am I taking advantage of it or am I leaving it on the shelf? I've been doing a lot of projects around my house lately. I, we moved to Milford just last September and so we, uh, we didn't gut the whole thing, but we've done a lot of work. And some of you have helped me. Jeff has been at my house, Tom's been at my house. Uh, so, some other of you have helped me at my house and man, It was a fixer-upper. And I cannot imagine having to do all this work without my power tools. Power tools are an amazing thing. I get out my chop saw and I'm like, and sometimes I just hold down the trigger because I like to hear the power. Right? I get a little Tim Tim the Toolman Taylor in me and I'm just like, oh, yes, I've got the power. And I run those tools and I feel powerful. But can you imagine if I just left those tools on the shelf, like little green Ryobi, I'm just going to put you on the shelf and I'm going to do this by myself. You know how tired I would get? By the end of the day, I'd probably just want to quit. And this is what we do. We try to go through every day just working with the hand tools. When Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit, has put these power tools in our hand, he's given us inner strength so that we can do more than we could have before. Man, I went to Amish country with some friends from here at church a few weeks ago, and they took me to this tool store of all tool stores. 
it was like Home Depot on steroids times infinity. And you walk with all these tools and you just feel the power. I'd seen tools I never knew existed. I'm like, what is that, right? Somebody knows how to use it, I don't. But just walking amongst them, I felt powerful. I'm like, man, this, this is awesome. This stuff all can do something. I don't, I don't even know what it is, but it can do something and I'm sure it's powerful. And we're like that with God. We're like, God, I know that you've got power. I know that you can do things. I know that you can speak and life comes into existence. But Paul brings this home and he's like, God, do it in my life. Do it in my life. Not something far off that I can't understand. He prays, God, be powerful in me. Be powerful in my friends. Melissa, she's not here today, but she posted something really, um, really good on Facebook this past week. And she said, well, you know, what if we asked instead of why is this happening, what are you teaching me? That's getting one of God's power tools in my life, right? That's a power statement. You know, God, not why is this happening, but God, how can I interpret these experiences and these circumstances through your lens? Inner strength, not changing my circumstances, not viewing God's power as just willing to work in my external, but God giving me the strength to endure it. That's how you chase God's powerful character. What about number two? God is consistent. Have you ever noticed that, that God is just the same? And sometimes that's frustrating because we want God to operate on our terms. But God's just the same in the best possible kind of way. In verse 17, it says, Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And so what it's saying is God wants to bring his consistency. Remember, more of him, less of us. God wants to bring his consistency into our lives. You might say, I'm I'm not very good at being consistent. I'm all over the place. I don't like routine. I do this and that, and that's fine. But God wants to get himself into you. He wants to set up shop in your heart and in your life. Have you ever thought about it like that? And so when we chase God's character, that he's consistent, it means that I'm going to be consistent and faithful in my devotion to him. Think about this, the Lord of all creation making his home in your heart. What would that look like? What does that look like? I love this analogy. He's setting up shop. He's making a home. Some of you ladies know what it looks like to nest, right? Baby's coming. You're going to get that. You're going to create a home, It's not just going to be a place, it's going to be a home, right? And so just think about God setting up his home in your heart. He's cooking, he's cleaning, he's decorating. Sometimes he's getting out of the sledgehammer and he's doing a little demolition, right? He's rebuilding, he's going all Chip and Joe on your world, in your heart. The inside of your life, he's taking and it's, It once was a fixer-upper. He's turning it into this amazing creation. Think about that. What What kind of things and rebuilding projects does he need to do in your heart and your life? Because God's consistent. He is gonna put down roots. He's gonna get in your life and create it to a place where he wants to live, not just where you wanna live. 
A lot of times we're so focused on creating a space in our life where we're comfortable. God wants to get in your life and create a space in your heart where he's comfortable. What does that look like? There's no sin. There's no shame. There's no guilt. There's no past stuff haunting you and dragging you down. No, he's sweeping. He's sweeping out the junk. He's picking up the trash. He's throwing it out. He's taking it out to the curb. Why? Because he wants to set up home in your heart. He wants roots to grow down deep in your life and for you to to reflect his consistency and his character. Isn't that an awesome thought? Roots are consistent. They don't move. They're planted. Some of you need to hear this this morning. You just need to bloom where you're planted. You're so concerned about what you're not doing. You're so concerned about where you haven't been yet. You're so concerned about getting somewhere and you're not really even sure where there is. And maybe God's just saying, hey, just bloom where you're planted. Just be happy with how life is right now because I'm gonna set up home in your heart and I'm gonna begin to make everything look better. You can't bypass the process. Don't have location envy. Don't have house envy that your house doesn't look like just like somebody, somebody else's house does right now. Why? Because God lives in your house. If God lives in your house, you've got the best house, right? You've got the best house. So don't bypass the, pro, don't bypass the process. Remember, slow growth is strong growth. You think about an oak tree. It takes forever, Right? And some of you, you bought a new house, there's no trees in the yard, and you went to the nursery and you said, what's the fastest growing tree you have? I need some shade in my yard. When God is saying no, we're not, we're not into fast growth, we're into slow growth in your life. We're gonna put down roots. Man, this is good. You, you might not be saying amen, I'm gonna start amening myself this morning. This is good. Number three, if you're gonna chase God's character, you gotta remember that God is truth. God's truth, he's, he's more truer, it's not a word, he's more, more consistent than anything you'll ever face. If you're searching for truth, you find it in him. Verse 18 says, and may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, how deep his love is. This is the most true thing that you will ever hear in your entire life that God's love for you and for me can never be defined. It's that big. It's huge. And so chasing God's character means I'm striving to understand and elevate truth, God's truth, above every lie of the world in my life. I'm striving to understand and elevate God's truth above every lie of this world in my life. Now, if you're anything like me, there's a lot of lies of the world in your life that we have to battle, we gotta fight because they creep in. And in those times where they creep in, you need to pray this prayer. Man, through the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus, help me to understand how big God's love is, how big God's truth is. I wanna understand you, God, because the more you understand God, the more you're able to decipher between God's truth and the lies of this world. Truth is singular. There can't be more than one truth. There's no such thing as your truth and my truth. There's just truth. You can't have one and I have another. That doesn't exist. There's just 
truth. And the truth I want you to hear today is that God loves you. He loves you. He wants more for you. He loves you just as you are and too much to leave you that way, right? But so much of the time we lie to ourselves. We lie to ourselves and we tell ourselves, I'm not good enough. I'm not strong enough. I can't, I can't, I can't. People will never like me. God can't use me. We say all this kind of stuff. When Paul's praying for you and for me, and and I hope we're praying for each other, hey, 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 you got to understand God's love for you is bigger than that. God's love for you is bigger than that. I love what Andy Stanley says. He says, I will not lie to myself even when the truth makes me feel, feel bad about myself. You see, sometimes the truth hurts a little bit. The truth that, hey, I'm a sinner. I need grace. I need Jesus. I need to change. I need a remodeling project to happen in my heart. I'm not as good as I thought I was, right? And so sometimes the truth hurts. Sometimes the truth sets you free, but it's always good when it comes from Jesus. And so I love this. I will not lie to myself even when the truth makes me feel bad about myself. I'm going to speak God's truth into my life and let it set me free. I love this quote. You don't need, you don't lead a liar. You don't spend time with a liar. You fire a liar. Just think about your life like a company, like you're you're hiring employees. And let's say you've got somebody on your team. Maybe it's a voice in your head that constantly lies to you. When God's saying one thing and that voice is saying something else, you don't put up with a liar in your company or on your team. You fire them, right? You fire the liar in you and you say, God, I just want to understand your truth. I just want to understand how big your love is. I just want to understand your plans for me because God is truth. And so my prayer is, God, help me understand. How about this prayer? God, help my unbelief. Help me become aligned with the truth, Jesus. Help me understand. Man, there's so many um, people these days that are just completely confused. They don't know uh, what, what's up, what's down, what's right, what's left, what's wrong, what's right. Because our culture and our society has turned everything upside down and it's just hard to know. It's like, well, do I do this or do that? And everybody's just questioning where you need to run to for the truth is God. God, what do you say? What does your word say? Help me to understand. That's why this prayer that Paul prayed is so powerful. He's praying to the God of heaven through the power of the Holy Spirit. I want you to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, how deep his love is for you. The fourth thing is we chase God's character. We have to remember is that God is love. God's love. Verse 19, may you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. May you experience the love of Christ, though it's too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. So what does that say to me? It says that chasing God's character means that I'm applying God's love to my life and I'm letting it be my source of fullness and peace. I'm letting God's love be my source of fullness 
and peace. Now, what does this look like when the rubber hits the road in your life? So much of the time, we have an unhealthy dependence on other people. But when you depend on God, fully dependent. Like, if you depended on other people like you should depend on God, that would be really unhealthy. But when you place that kind of dependence on God, it's the most healthy thing that you can do. You ever thought about that? Like, if you depend on people like you should depend on God, it's really unhealthy. But when you flip the script and you say, God, I'm going to put that kind of dependence on you, everything falls into place. Everything does. So you see, dependence on God decreases unhealthy dependence on others. Think about it like this. My kids, they're grown up, and man, I had three of them, and it's so amazing. And getting to watch my friend Josiah here at church go through having a baby and when you're just in somebody's life, when they're going through that amazing experience, it's so cool. And you just remember all those feelings and all that, all that stuff. And the first time you hold the baby and when they're close to you and they say that, you know, that skin to skin contact, when, when you just hold the baby, it's, it's necessary for that baby to develop properly. Do you know that? And not only that, the first few years of that baby's life, when they get the nurturing and they get the care and they get the love and and you're talking to them even before they understand, it's helping them develop in the right way, right? And it's like this kid, especially in the early years, becomes dependent on mom and dad, but it's a good dependence because this baby is letting the mother and the father speak life and show them how how much they're loved. And if those types of things don't happen in the life of a child, and maybe they didn't happen in your life, and if that happened to you, I just want to say, I'm so sorry. If you didn't grow up, seriously, man, but here's the cool thing. God wants to take that place in your life. Even if you didn't have a father or a mother that did that for you, and maybe some things didn't develop the way that they should have, God wants to come into your life and be that person. You see, he can be that person for you better than any earthly or earthly mother or father could ever be. And so God's love, when we depend on it that deeply, like an infant would depend on their mother or father, then he decreases the unhealthy dependence on others in your life. I love this description of God's love. We can never talk about it enough, but F.M. Lehman wrote a song, and I'm just going to read you the lyrics of this song. Listen to this. The love of God. Could we with ink the ocean fill, and were the skies of parchment made, were every stalk on earth a quill, and every man a scribe by trade, to write the love of God above would drain the ocean dry, nor could the scroll contain the whole, though stretched from sky to sky. O love of God, how rich and pure, how measureless and strong. It shall forevermore endure the saints and angels' song. You see, you can't contain it. You can't contain it. And so when we pray this prayer, God, 
I want to experience the love of Christ. I know I'll never fully be able to understand it. I know that the oceans can't contain it. I know that words can't be written enough to explain it. I know all of this, God, but help me to understand it just a little bit more today. Man, when you come to God with that kind of urgency and say, God, I want to know your love for me, then you're chasing God's character. Listen, you can't outrun God's love. You need to run towards it. You need to chase it like your life depends on it. Number five, we're going to close with this today. Austin, if you could come and play with me as we close. God is eternal. God is eternal. This is one of those characters of God that you might not be just like God and how eternal he, he was because you had a beginning. God didn't. So you're not going to be able to chase God's character in that way. But here's the flip side. You and I, we won't have an ending. Your soul is created in the image of God in a way that you are forever. You're forever. Your, your soul is eternal. And your soul is going to exist in one of two places, either eternally in the presence of God or eternally separated from God in a place called hell. And this is a sobering truth. It's something that sometimes in churches they don't talk about much these days because it's kind of in your face. But my, my, um, my intention is not to get up on a stump today and say, turn or burn, sucker. That's not our church. That's not how we roll. That's not how we talk. That's not the heart. The heart is that God wants to be with you forever. And you and I get to choose. The heart is that God sent his one and only son to die in your place. And we get to choose. And so when we chase the heart of God, when we chase God's character, we say, God, I know that you're eternal. And God... I want a little bit of that eternity to get into my life right now. Listen, verse 20 through 21, it says, now all glory. And that might as well be the motto of your life. Now all glory is his, right? Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. That's a pretty good description of God, don't you think? He can do it. Whatever you think, whatever you wonder about, yes, he can. The answer is yes. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. So Paul right here is proclaiming the eternal nature of God. He's kind of putting a bow on it. He's all powerful. He can work in your life. He can do more than you can ask or imagine. Your thoughts can't contain him. Your life is 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 here to bring glory to him it's all about him and he's going to last forever we're going to be with him forever it's awesome i can just hear when i read this passage the excitement bursting out of paul as he prays this prayer and so what does chasing god's character mean when we talk about eternity it means that both now and forever i should be in awe of god's greatness of his glory of his power This is my eternal purpose. This is my eternal purpose. You see, you and I, if we give our hearts and our lives to Christ, 
We're going to spend all of eternity giving glory to God. And so if that's going to be true of us in eternity, then the question for us now is, does my life shout that God is good? Does my life shout that God is holy? Does my life shout that he's worthy? Does my now reflect my then? If we're gonna be doing this forever, lifting up Jesus, crying out to him, does my now reflect my then, right? Does my now reflect my then? Listen, I'm gonna be praising him then, so I better start now. Why not? I better start now. I better get busy praising him now in my home, by myself, with others, at church, out of church, I better start praising him if I'm gonna do this forever. I'm gonna serve, if I'm gonna serve him then, we're gonna serve him for all of eternity. Then I'd better get busy serving him now, right? I'd better get busy. What am I doing for him? How am I serving him? My eternal life will be surrounding him. The Bible says that we'll be around the throne crying with all the angels and all of creation crying out holy 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 is the lord god almighty right and this is going to go on and on and on and we're never going to get tired some of you maybe went to some three-hour church services growing up and you got tired i was one of those church kids i'm like is this thing ever going to end right and um one time i fell asleep underneath the pew in the back and my parents forgot about me and came back at 11 p.m that evening and unlocked the doors and i was still sleeping under the pew yeah because because here in our time, like a three-hour service is really long. But, man, when we're on his time, we're not going to be able to get enough. And so you think about it. If my life then is going to be circled around his throne, making him the focal point of my life, then I'd better get busy making him the focal point of my life now. Listen, in heaven, in eternity, all tension between people, all division, all hostility, all conflict, all hate, every act of violence will be gone. It'll be gone. And so if all the hate is gonna be gone then, then I'd better get busy loving people now and being a person of peace now, right? If then there will only be joy, there will only be contentment, if then there will only be happiness, then why am I gonna be in the molly grubs now? Why am I gonna be looking like I'm sucking on lemons all day now, right? Why respond to life like, well, all I can do is pray. Really? All you can do is pray to the Father, the creator of all things, who can do more than you can ask or imagine? Why am I going to say things like, well, all I have to look forward to is heaven. All you have to look forward to? Listen, Jesus came and he said, in, on earth as in heaven, right? He wanted a little bit of that heaven to get in your life now. That's how we chase God's eternal character. You see Paul writing this from prison, what did he say? He said, to live is Christ, to die is gain. So he wanted to be with Jesus, but he was like, but if I get to live, I get to live now in Christ, right? That's putting my, the eternity in the now. 
We serve an eternal God, which guess what? Includes the present. You ever think about that? That in your eternity, like now is included? Now is a, is a dot on the timeline of your life that is included in eternity. God's eternal reality should affect your temporary stay here on earth. So how do we chase God's character? How do we do it? We remember God's powerful. I'm gonna apply God's power to my life. God's consistent. I'm gonna let him set up home in my heart. God is truth. I'm gonna chase his truth and not the world's truth. God is love. He's gonna be my source of fullness and completeness in life. And God is eternal, which means I'm gonna let his his eternal reality affect my current reality now and here and in my family and in my life. I'm gonna live with eternity in mind. So I'm gonna remind myself of these things. I'm gonna rearrange my life around these things, around the character of God. I'm gonna relentlessly pursue his likeness and his glory. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pray these prayers with all the gusto and all of the passion that I can muster every single day, right? I'm gonna shout it out that now, all glory to God, now, like not then, not I'm gonna do it someday, now, all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations that means my family too I'm going to lead them strong forever and ever amen 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 stand with me today you can bow your heads and close your eyes if you're here today and you're like Joe and you might be thinking Joe I kind of felt like I'm drinking from a fire hose but hey I know I need Jesus today I know that there's something in my life missing and I don't have it and and Man, if, if God wants to be powerful in my life, if God wants to show me his love, if God wants to, to come set up shop, set up his home in my heart, then I want that. And so if everybody could just bow your heads and close your eyes, and if that's you today, and you just say, God, I want you to come make your home in my heart. I want that kind of consistency and love in my life. I want my life to be impacted by the power of God. If that's you today and you say, I'm gonna spend eternity with him, I want to live my life for him. And you want to give your heart and your life over to Christ today. And you say, that's me, God. If that's you, just raise your hand today. I'd love to pray with you. Amen. I see that hand. Yes. Thank you so much to those of you that raised your hand and said, I want Jesus in my life. Right there at your seat, I want to just ask you in your own words to pray a prayer, inviting Christ into your heart and your life. There's no special prayer or special words biggest things to remember is you want to acknowledge that you need a savior that you're a sinner just like me and just like every other person in this room you need a savior ask God for his forgiveness and then commit to live the rest of your life for him and not yourself Jesus thank you so much for those that right now are inviting you into their life thank you Jesus thank you Lord Thank you, Jesus. For the rest of us, I'm going to pray a closing prayer. A dedication, just saying, God, I want to chase your character. I want to get these things in my heart. And I want to live with the end in mind. 
God, we give our lives to you. We want to chase your character. We want less of us and more of you. We want your love in our life more. We want your power in our life more. Jesus, we need to be more consistent in our relationship with you and our devotion to you. Jesus, we need to live life more in the, in the lens of eternity. And so we just lay our lives at your feet. Everything we are for everything that you've done. It's all yours, God. It's all yours. We want to chase your character. We want to be those people that are so full of faith in the character of our God that we're willing to go wherever you send us. We're willing to do whatever you ask us. We're willing to live these, these lives for you. In Jesus' name.